Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'es Hashem, Shalom Bayesh Shir, number 288. Two Shir ago we discussed physical attraction. Last year we discussed more um, personality attraction, of understanding personality types, how that could help greatly in Shalom Bayesh. We're going to go further with other types of attraction today, but just to point out one more thing about personality um, attraction and the differences in personality. Mentioned in the last year that Beli Neder I hope to give Shiurim Be'ezes Hashem on, in depth on the MBTI system and on the Enneagram system for the purpose of helping specifically interactions between Adam L'chaveira in general, but in Shalom Bayis between husband and wife in particular, and in particular also between mothers and fathers and their children and family, um, you know, uh, family connections and things like that. So that we'll do at some later point in time. But just to end off about personality types, what's very, very important is is that we need to realize that our best life, generally speaking, is when we live in a balanced way. That's, this is a hashkafa and Kabbalistic thought, where the Torah is always called the Kav HaEmtsai, the middle path, the Derech HaYoshar, the Rambam talks about it a lot in Hilchas Deiris, about, generally speaking, the middle way. For example, it's healthy to eat. But again, one extreme is to eat excessively. The other extreme is to barely eat at all. And the healthy middle, which is a hard challenge, is to eat and eat properly, not to overindulge, but not to under underindulge either and go to that extreme either. And with personality types, what happens is very often that on one hand is a friction in Shalom Bayis, but at the same hand, this is the tachlis, is that our personalities don't define us. We still have a final say in how our personalities dictate. And when we have a mate, a husband and wife, that's a different personality type than us, then we learn to find a balance between the two to maintain a healthy relationship. So as a muscle of what we explained yesterday, is that let's say one of them is extremely introverted and the other one is extremely extroverted, then the part of the Hashem's cause of pairing the two up is to teach the introvert, the one that's a loner, so to speak, to learn how to adapt and to have a healthier balance. They'll always be an introvert, and that's perfectly okay. Okay. But they need to learn more to interact when they need to interact, because that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from them. Sometimes they, Shem sends a spouse that's an extrovert to teach them that. But really, it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu talking to you. You're an introvert, I made you that way, you're precious the way you are, but in some ways I do want you to be more outgoing and more flowing and more conversational and more interactive. And then the extrovert, married to an introvert, to a loner, also Hashem is telling him, you could like parties, or you could like even going for Dvar Mitzvahs, going to all these Malamalkas and everything, and talk and talk, and this, but I need you also as part of your Avedis Hashem to look inward also, to learn to appreciate alone time, because even the extrovert, alone time and contemplation, and in spite of this, and being alone, and, and thinking about Hashem, or about life, and being alone with your wife, and enjoying that time alone, even though you're an extrovert, is very, very important to you, for you. So you see from here, 
that every good relationship needs enough differences to learn and grow from one another. There are enough similarities to connect the two of you to understand each other. And then there's enough differences where Hashem is saying in the most positive way, use the most positive aspects of that personality to balance yourself. So that's personality attraction. Now we're going to talk about mental and emotional attraction. And mental and emotional attraction is a key to ongoing attraction in a relationship. We talked about six intimacies in a prior shear. One of those intimacies is the emotional intimacy. It's an extremely important intimacy. That is what keeps a marriage and love going in fire, even when there are tkufais, when physical attraction can wane somewhat. And nevertheless, the emotional attraction will keep it going. Someone once related, I read in the book, saw an elderly married couple out in public and um, they were holding each other's hands, whatever it is, and you could tell there was a very sweet attraction between them and they're very, very strong despite their wrinkles and the sagging and the gray hair and that attraction is holding them together. It's clearly deeper than just physical attraction that once brought them together when they may have been in their 20s. But it's a deeper attraction. That's the attraction of mental and emotional connections between two people. And the truth is, the physical is also there, even at that advanced stage. But the mental and emotional attraction is important to develop, not just when you're older, but even if you're newly married or you're young and you have the physical attraction, don't just rely on that, but you need to learn how to develop in a mental and intellectual and emotional way to learn to connect and to have that mutual ability to reach beyond superficial conversations and talk more on deeper levels of thoughts, ideas, opinions, feelings, hashkafas of how to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu together and try to develop a deep connection that's satisfying and stimulating. And you have that yichaylis, even if your personalities are different, even if one of you is very down-to-earth and the other one is very idealistic, I know that can happen sometimes. When you have one that's very, very idealistic, they get disillusioned by being married to someone that's very down-to-earth. They feel it's a step-down. Now I'm talking about mundane things. But you cannot look at it that way. The mundane is Kedusha. The down-to-earth is also a deep way of connecting. Hashem made the Torah in multifaceted dimension. You have mitzvahs that are very, very practical and down-to-earth and then there is the deeper inner meanings behind the mitzvahs. And Hashem wants both. But the, it's not to be negated when you have the physical action of the down-to-earth. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu really wants. So that is what mental and emotional attraction is. Then there's another attraction called a spiritual attraction, a ruchniistic attraction, a soul attraction, where they learn about each other's Tchunas HaNefesh, and how they want to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every soul, it may be covered up with layers of whatever, of complexes and things, but they're external. But every soul is a chilek alikami mal mamosh. Every soul is connected deeply to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every soul is Kaddish Kadoshim. So when you look at your husband, and you look at your wife, and you say, eh, that's just a regular person, a regular flawed person, what you feel, fail to 
realize is that before you stands in that body is a neshama that was tachas kise hakavay. That's there le'olam vayed. That's a chelik of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's that's that never dies. That lives le'olam vayed, and that has is connected completely to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. When you connect to you, when you see your wife in that vein, or you see your husband from that perspective, it it changes things completely. And it's very, very important to develop that type of mahalach. Going back a minute to the dating issue, what's very important for people who are dating, that they may have a strong physical attraction, but that cannot blind them from thinking and realizing, hey, wait a minute, I feel the chemistry very, very strong. But is there an, at least a possibility for an emotional connection, a mental connection, a spiritual attraction, a, a, a combining of goals, and you can't be blinded by the physical beauty at all. And the other way around also was true. You could have someone that you bond by dating in a spiritual way, in a deep way, and again, like I said, you don't have to feel a physical attraction, but after three or four dates, you have to at least see yourself, whether you're the boy or the girl, that I could see myself being a wife or a husband to this person on a physical level too. So we don't undermine any aspect of it. They're both very, very important. Now, people also make a mistake and think that this these attractions, quote-unquote, come automatically. Either it's there or it's not. Big, big mistake. People think that either I'm physically attracted to this person or I'm not. Either I have an emotional connection automatically, or I'm not, or intellectual connection, or spiritual connection. But it is not true. Very often, it needs to be cultivated. So like I said, even during dating, you like more or less the way the person looks, but you don't feel the sparks yet or the physical attraction. But what happens is, if you go out three, four, five times, and there's a friendly connection, that develops the personal attraction to the point where you actually see, I could marry this person and be, be attracted to this person in a very real way. But it takes the work of the interaction. And the same thing goes in marriage itself. The pattern of growth is always a constant growing of give and take. And this is the way you do, for example, with plants, right? When you have plants at home, let's say you have plants, they don't need much some sunshine, some oxygen, some water, but if you don't know what you're doing, you could kill your plants. So, you know, you have to know how to nurture it. You have to know how to how to cause it to thrive. And the idea of it also, what's interesting in relationships, is just like by depriving it, it could die. By overindulging it, it could also die, right? You need sunlight for plants to grow. Too little sunlight, though, obviously, will cause the plant to die. Too much sunlight will scorch it, and it won't. nothing will grow either. Same thing with oxygen, same thing with water. Obviously, you don't give it enough water, and there's no other source or rain or whatever it is, it will die, for sure. You overdrown it, you'll kill the roots, and everything will rot too. It'll also die. So part of a relationship, and part of developing a healthy attraction is a give and take between the two that helps them grow. Not constantly taking and not constantly giving, 
but the constant give and take. And we talked about it in the past that you need to receive sometimes, need to express your need sometimes. It's not selfish. It's a healthy thing. But you have to do it for the purpose of giving back. It's called Mikabel Amanas Lahashbia, which Rabbi Ashlag, the Balasulam on the Zoya, talks a lot about. That when you're Mikabel, which you need to be Mikabel, but you accept on the purpose of giving back. And that's very, very important. So to develop this attraction in the right way, there needs to be work from both sides to maintain this balance. And it cannot be a one-sided relationship. It needs to be a two-sided, invested relationship. Not that one is doing all the work, but they're both doing the work. Now, it's true in marriage. It's never always 50-50. There's some kufas where one is in a weak point in time, where they're not feeling well, or they're having, you know, burdened by some real responsibility or an illness of a parent, Khalila. So right now they're overwhelmed. So then the other other person in the marriage takes over and does 80%, 90%. Sometimes it's 90-10 this way. Sometimes it's 90-10 the other way. Sometimes it's 60-40. Sometimes it's 70-30. Sometimes it is close to 50-50. But the bottom line is, though, the key behind it is it's never one-sided. Each one does their best to do whatever they can do for the other and to give to the other and to receive in a healthy way to the other. And that's very, very important. Part of it you have to be careful is if the husband or the wife has this beautiful talent and ability and they're Isaac Petzachi Tzibur or doing a chesed or runs a chesed organization. They know they have to work on a healthy balance, not to neglect their own husband or wife, not to neglect their whole own children. So the bottom line is, is that every relationship needs a balance and giving too much could be just as healthy as taking, as unhealthy as taking too much. And one-way relationships, uh, no matter who it is, the husband or wife, it, it's not going to work. Usually, if you have a one-sided relationship, one person gives too much, the other one uh, uh, giving too much and expecting too little, and the other person makes excuses, and it just, it's just not healthy. And when you say you love a ter- certain person, doesn't mean you enable an unhealthy relationship. You get the help you need if you can't do it on your own with counseling or whatever it is and learn the healthy balance between give and take in in the healthy way. And if you work on each other with this, the pattern of dysfunction could disappear, could go away. Sometimes outside help is needed. Sometimes a couple could work through it on their own. And you cannot make an excuse and say that, okay, we're just dysfunctional. You're not be'etzim dysfunctional. You created a dysfunctional environment, perhaps, or you're in one right now, but you could create and change dysfunction to functionality. And that's a very important thing to know. So to summarize what we talked about, we started talking about personality types like last time. Then we talked about mental and emotional attraction. We talked about spiritual attraction. We talked about how all aspects are important. And we started talking about also the pattern of growth is a healthy give and take um, between a couple. Hatzlocha and bracha.